1: We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey.
0: Icing against the Kraken just before that two-healy toy. Oh, off the face, off the Sharks, shoot, they score! Puck right on net, off the faceoff! The San Jose Sharks take the one-to-nothing lead on a stunning play after that chance by Bjorkstrand missed the net on the other side of the ice. Wow! The puck was dropped. It was Couture against Gord, and Logan Couture kind of poked at it, and I think it might have been Yanni Gord who sent that puck into his own net, and, Brett, if that's the case, it's an unassisted goal for the Sharks' captain. Here's Svechnikov across the line, drop pass for Greger, moving in, shooting it, SCORE! Noah Greger from the left circle lets the shot rip off the passes from Svechnikov and Carlson. The Sharks are up. 3-0 3 to nothing with 17.2 seconds left in the second
2: period. Yeah, I mean, I, I really liked our intentions all throughout the game. You know, not only with the puck, but without it. I thought we defended hard. I really thought we didn't give them a lot of time and space against a team that likes to play fast. I thought there was no nonsense to our game with the puck. We didn't force plays when they weren't there. I thought if... You know, we weren't sure what could happen. There were no blind plays to the middle. I shouldn't say none, but there very few way players. less than normal. And it was just a very uh, smart game. Yeah. And, you know, I thought we had a great balance of our mental and physical effort that we we're going to need to be successful.
1: All right, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome. We've been able to ride the positivity of the San Jose Sharks' win over the Kraken on Monday for a couple of days now, and yes, it has been nice. I definitely liked the uh, whole feeling of getting just the sixth home win of the year, and for the San Jose Sharks to be able to do a lot of things that I think that have not gone their way this year, mostly getting the breaks, like the, the face-off own goal, you know, getting a shot just to kind of do what you needed to do, as opposed to hitting off the post, or just you know being upended by a miraculous save. This was a game that the Sharks, in my opinion, had earned multiple times up through this point of the year, but that had not been, you know, the breaks hadn't gone their way. That was my whole point of Morning Tide the other morning is just that we've seen efforts just like that where the Sharks walk away empty-handed for one reason or another. And I'll be the first to acknowledge that there are definitely some self-inflicted wounds when we talk about all of this, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it makes any more sense. Like, yeah, like other teams hurt themselves too, and they don't walk away with the types of results the Sharks have had, the heartbreaking losses, the last-second goals, the losing after scoring an empty net goal. I mean, these are the things that make you scratch your head and just go, what on earth is happening here? This doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But with that in mind, we do acknowledge that, okay, they have not made life any easier on themselves this year with a lot of their self-inflicted wounds like I alluded to, so it's time for them to once again see if they can build some momentum off of this, and I know everybody's looking at the Sharks and wants the you know this the season to kind of wrap up with them with a high draft pick, but I am still of the belief that I want guys to get better overall, I want the team to build confidence, I want them to again be able to build off of what we saw in the last game and some of the good performances, because listen, you can have a high draft pick, but You don't want that culture of losing to set in long term. And yes, we know the last couple of years, including this season, have been rough for the San Jose Sharks, but there's a difference between having down years versus having that be the norm. And we can talk about any number of teams that are around professional sports where losing has become the norm. And I want it to still feel like it's an aberration when the San Jose Sharks are losing. Down years are acceptable. What you don't want are the down decades or the downtrodden mentality of a franchise where losing is more of the norm and or the expectation as opposed to being a high-quality contending franchise. That's why I am somewhat against the idea of just, oh, lose these games, see what happens, and you know get the highest draft pick you can. I'm of the belief that you can you know still build upon what you have there and try and create a better mentality for the future. Uh, we heard from David Quinn talking about the things that he thought were positive in the last game. What can they do to repeat that performance?
2: Well, that's the challenge in all the sports. Consistency. It's really what separates the teams that are successful and teams that aren't. And, then, you know, it's uh, hopefully it feels good enough that they do it again.
1: And I don't think any of you need to have it explained that the Sharks have severely lacked consistency this year. Like, that's been a big problem for them to be able to put out the same type of performance from one game to the next. The effort they've been able to replicate... But to play a clean enough game or a mistake-free enough game or just the type of game that allows them to win from one game to the next, that has been a big-time problem. And hopefully they can again build off of what they did in the last game. Now in terms of the lineup, we know that Timo Meyer is going to be out once again, still dealing with that upper body injury. Um, Obviously because there's so much trade chatter around him right now, I'm sure they are wanting to keep that as um, well as healthy as possible. And I don't know anything. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but at this point with where they are in the season, there's no point in going out there and risking Timo Meyer. A, for his personal future, be it with the franchise or without. So you take as much time as possible as he needs to get back to 100% healthy, and when that's all said and done, you get him back out there on the ice. The other aspect of this we're looking at is that we are going to see Martin Couch again out there, and I, I liked what we saw from him in the last game. thought he had a really good effort, and he's going to be playing alongside Tomas Hurdle. Hurdle is back today. Again, congratulations to him for the birth of his baby boy. Very, very exciting news for him, and I am sure that um, that it came a little bit early. That was a little bit of a surprise, but you know that's the uh, best kind of surprise, and from all we hear right now, all is doing well with baby and mama, so that's exactly what you want to hear, and that's exactly the type of thing that it might take for Tomas Hurdle to kind of break out of the slump that he's been in as of late when it comes to goal scoring. Like, sometimes I'm sure there are things that are, you know, weighing on him with his wife and the impending birth of his newborn. I mean, that's, that's a lot. Anytime you have a young family, and believe me, I've been there, it weighs heavily on your mind. And maybe now that he feels like things are in a better situation, they... Had the baby, they're you know adjusting to that new aspect of their life. Maybe there was a lot of apprehension. Maybe there was stuff going on behind the scenes, guys. I mean that's also a big part of it too. So now, hopefully, he's at that next point where he can kind of get back to the game that we are expecting from him um, with regularity and have a really good performance, and that's going to help the Sharks take those next steps forward, and that's exactly what we want to see. Now, redeem Shemek, he has been activated, and he is capable of playing. He's not playing tonight, but that is very good news as well because obviously he's been out for a while after he'd been playing some really, really good hockey, so that was discouraging to say the least, but he is trending in the right direction, and that means that if something changes between now and um, you know the, the drop that we could get uh, Shimek in the lineup if needed, so that's one to pay attention to as well. And also, James Reimer is going to be back in net once again. And this is, you know, this is really something that I've wanted to see. If one guy did grab it all year long, we thought the Capo had grabbed it, but now we're in a situation once again where they're going back to Reimer and looking for him to be the guy who is riding a hot hand off of a shutout performance on Monday against the Kraken. And this is going to be a tough game against Nashville because they are fourth in the wild card right now, seven points back of Minnesota and ten points back of Edmonton. But things can change in a real, real hurry. That's the thing that I always fall back to. Like they might be looking at this as saying, like, "Hey, we've underperformed. We're starting to uh, play better. They're six-four and zero in their last ten. They're coming off of a win." A shootout in Vancouver where they were able to secure the two points. So I'm sure that they are looking at this as another opportunity to beat up on a Sharks team that has not been good at home. The last result acknowledged, but still that's only their sixth home win of the year. And the Sharks, I'm sure, want to get back into it. But if we look at the bottom three of the wild card, you know, the Sharks are in eighth right now. They've got 47 points. They're followed by Chicago with 45 Anaheim with 41. And then we also have Columbus with 41 in there in the mix as well. So those are the teams that are officially in the Bedard sweepstakes. Although we know that anything could happen in terms of uh, where these picks actually do end up. But, you know, the Sharks, they're not going to make the playoffs. I know they are not mathematically eliminated, but I try to use my head and put two and two together and, It seems like they're going to have a good chance of getting a high-caliber pick no matter what it ends up being. Whether or not it's Bedard, I know for some of you that's the only positive outcome. I look at it of a top pick as a top pick, whether or not it's number one, whether or not it's number two, three, four. Whatever it's going to be for the Sharks when all is said and done, I don't have too much of a worry about it. You can only control what you can control, and I would rather them control the outcome on the ice. One guy who has seemingly been in better control of his game as of late is Evgeny Svechnikov, and this is what Quinn had to say about him. Well, he's
2: put the effort into it. Um, You know, when he was going through that stretch where he was in and out of the lineup and whatnot, the thing I loved about him, he didn't sulk. What he did was he went to work, and he worked harder and put a little bit more time into it, and you get results that way. And we've talked about confidence and I jokingly say, You can't go to CVS and buy confidence pills. You got to earn confidence. And, you know, the only way to do that is work harder. And you can't lie to yourself. And the more you put into it, the better you feel about yourself. And the more you play with confidence and swagger. And that's exactly what he did.
1: And the thing about that confidence overall is it's been so hard for the Sharks individually to build all year long outside of the play of the top guys that you expected it from, like an Eric Carlson, a Timo Meyer, a Tomas Hurdle, a Logan Couture. And even though we do think Hurdle needs to build a little bit more confidence right now in his game as well but this is the point you need to have performances that you can build upon whether it's as individual players or whether it's as a team as a whole and the Sharks you know have not done a good job of giving themselves much to build off of like we have seen good performances from various players just to be followed up by a not-so-great performance the next night. It's mirrored what we've seen with the team, where they've been really, really good and haven't made life hard on themselves for one game, and then the next night they come out and they make life very difficult on themselves. And this is you know, this is team-wide. But again, if you look at Svechnikov and the way he just continued going to work, I think that is a little bit of a mirror of what we've seen from the rest of the team as well. Like, sometimes you just have to put in the work. That's all it takes. It sounds cheesy, it sounds like something out of a uh, Disney movie but I do believe in hard work and I do believe in not pouting and just going about your business and waiting for your opportunity and also being ready to take advantage of that opportunity when it does come to you
2: don't rely you know I love to have luck I don't want to rely on it you know and it's nice to have luck but if you're relying on it you know, it's not you're not going to be successful whether it be individually or collectively you Is know it yours?
1: Yeah.
2: That's a good one. I like that, <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something that, again, it's. Uh, I always equate it to school. I mean, right. you know, you got a test on a Friday and you study Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. When you go into the test, you're feeling pretty good. You know you're prepared. Well, if you don't study for your test, you're nervous. Yeah. I was nervous way too much in school. So, you know, that's something that, you know, it certainly translates to sports. I mean, the more you put into it, the more confident you become when you get out there. I mean, I love golf. You know, when I don't work on my sand game and I put a ball in the bunker during a round, I get nervous because I, yeah, I don't want to go hit it. So there's no difference to what we're doing here.
1: And I do appreciate what he's saying about, you know, preparation because what is it, the five or four P's or something? It's like proper preparation precedes positive performance. Or you can say, Poor preparation precedes poor performance. Both of those hold true in my opinion, but it's a matter of putting yourself in a position to where you can take advantage of it. Um, Quinn also offered his thoughts on this Nashville team, and like I was alluding to, the fact that they're you know still fighting to stay alive in the wild card race.
2: Well, knowing Coach Hines and knowing that group of players, we know we're going to get their best effort. You know, obviously their seasons on the line here uh, when you're in the playoff situation that they're in. So I know they're dealing with some injuries, but uh, sometimes you know when you deal with those injuries and there's a little bit of urgency and desperation in a game, you get a better performance out of everybody. So that's certainly what I'm anticipating. And they got a world class goalie, so. A tough challenge for sure.
1: Now the Sharks should know what they're in for, though, because the Sharks many times of this year have been that desperate team, have been that team with their back to the wall fighting to make something happen. That's how they went out there and got a win in New York against the Rangers. That's how they've beaten Tampa. That's how you, know, you can ta- take any one of their surprising wins this year and apply that desperation mentality to it. But it's true. Desperate teams are dangerous teams and the Sharks know that firsthand because they have been that desperate team and they've upset other teams that many probably expected were going to beat the Sharks. And that's not to say that, you know, you should be preparing to lose, but be aware of the intensity that you are going to be coming up against, especially in the opening few minutes of this game. I mean, this is one where you've been able to rest for Tuesday and Wednesday. You've got the game tonight. You're coming off a win. You're at home. You've been at home for a while. You've had rest. You've had the ability to, you know, just kind of work on things. And now this is the ability to see if you can make it two wins in a row at home. And off the top of my head, I don't think that's happened at all this year. And this would be a good time for it to happen, in my opinion, regardless of what that does in the Bedard sweepstakes. But you're going up against a good team. And also, hey, one of the reasons this season went as poorly as it did was you got off to an 0-5 start, which started with two losses to Nashville over in Prague. And I'm sure the Sharks felt, especially in game number two, that they played good enough to win. They just couldn't catch the break. So let's see if this time they can create some breaks for themselves. I mean, that's what I am always looking for. And that's what you're looking for a player like Tomas Hurdle to do, to make something out of nothing. And Tomas Hurdle has not been doing that nearly enough as of late. And I get it. He's had a lot on his mind. And I'm not holding that against him. But I also do know that he holds himself to a standard, and he's getting paid for a standard, and he needs to perform to that level. Same story with Eric Carlson, Logan Couture, you know, Timo Meyer, even though he's not playing tonight, but these guys know they are wearing the letter on their chest, or they're an all-star, they're a superstar, whatever you want to classify them as. You know that they know they have to take care of business and they have to be their best version of themselves. And a guy like Hurdle, Carlson, Couture, they can make the breaks go your way. They can do something special out there on the ice. And I think you look at the play that you've been getting lately from a guy like Mikey Acemont who just seems to be getting better and better. I mean, I just, I loved his effort all throughout Monday's game. And he got that goal, the fourth and final one of the night. He had been hunting for the back of the net all throughout the game. I think he got a post. I think he saw Martin Jones make a pretty spectacular save on one of those shots that he had and he deserved a goal. And again, he kept on working. He kept on working. He kept on working when all was said and done. He broke through with a high-caliber goal. And I can't remember, it may, it may have been um, Sheng Peng that I was talking to about this, but I was saying that it reminded me of the effort that we saw from Stefan Nason a few years ago where you know the Sharks signed him off of waivers and weren't expecting much, but he quickly turned into a fan favorite because of his effort and because of the way he was playing out there. And it reminds me of what we're seeing with AC Mont. I mean, fans will respond to effort every single time. They'll appreciate it. It might not endear you, but they'll appreciate the effort. If you can combine the effort with production... Boy, that's how you go on to be a fan favorite for the San Jose Sharks. It's Nico Sturm this year as well. Nico Sturm, all year long, people have looked at him and said, that's the kind of guy the Sharks need to be building for the future. People love effort, but even more than just effort alone, you combine that effort with production and you're going to be a happy camper. And let's let's flash back to that AC Monk goal just for a moment.
0: Eric Carlson, he gathers the puck and he moves up the ice, sends a soft pass off the boards. Here comes Barabanov, one-on-one. Now he has some help, drops it off, moving in. It's AC Mont spinning it, trying to get it back to Barabanov. Can't do it. He can't grab it either. He pokes at it. Kachur chops at the puck. It went wide. AC Mott fitted around. Can not stay in the zone? Carlson holds oh. the play. Nice little pass across the ice. Couture shoots. Tipped star! There's Mikey AC Mont in the slot with a stick down. Logan Couture sends it from a severe angle out in front. Looked like AC Mott tipped it. And Eric Carlson in all world play to keep it in the zone. The Sharks are up 4 0 with 3.03 to go.
1: Nice call there from Ruzi. And yeah, you just, you love it. I mean, that was such a great moment to have on a Monday afternoon game. You've been dominating the entire time. You make it 4 0. At that point, all that was left to do was secure the shutout. They were able to do that. Sharks get the win. And now that brings us to today, where we're looking at once again can they replicate what they did the other day? Can they get more out of Acemon, more out of Sturm? Can Tomas Hurdle get back to his former self? And can they be prepared for the effort that they're going to get from Nashville? Because Nashville, again, trying to get themselves back alive in that playoff race. They are not going to make things easy for the Sharks, but. This is that opportunity for the Sharks to, A, get a second straight home win, which has not happened this year. Off the top of my memory, I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. And then B, just to see if they can build momentum from a positive performance that we saw most recently. That's something that we have not seen nearly enough from this team. It's something that I think we all want to see, and I hope that we do get to see more of. Now, before we run out of time, it's a little bit of a, an etc. compared to what we're talking about in the game up to Nashville, but um, they were asking Coach Quinn about all the high-quality guys and coaches and players that have come out of Boston U, and I thought he had some pretty cool stuff to say that you would want to hear as well.
2: Well, I think it starts with, you know, the foundation of the program from Jack Kelly to Jack Parker for so long, yeah. and, you know, the one thing about BU, it's a hockey school, and it's in the heart of Boston, a state that thrives with hockey, and, you know, it is very important to the school. It's not important to other schools, but it's a little bit different at BU. You know, there's not a football team there, uh, the basketball is a good, solid program, but hockey is the face of that university. and. You know, people, especially in the 70s and 80s and whatnot, I mean, it was almost like the fifth pro team there, even though BC's always had great teams. And But, you know, BU is in Boston. It's, you know, BC's in Chestnut Hill, you know, so there's a little bit more of a Boston connection with BU than, than any other school just because of where it was at. And, it, you know, Northeastern's right there, too, but it, it's not... Don't say Boston. It says Northeastern, right? When I was coaching at Northeastern, a lot of people thought we were Northwestern. So, you know, it's Boston University, you know, and there's just something about it. And, you know, the two guys that have really put the program on the map, obviously Jack Kelly was only there 10 years, and Jack Parker really brought it to a level that we all benefit from. And, you know, I certainly own a ton ton to Jack Parker. And in my time at BU, as I would say, John Hines would tell you the same thing, and Mike Sullivan would tell you the same thing, and all the players that have played there. It's pretty special. It's, uh, you know, and, you know, the front office people throughout BU, I mean, it's it's pretty special.
1: Yeah, pretty good stuff there from Quinn. We're out of time. Join us at 7 tonight for live pregame coverage, game broadcast 730, and then I'll see you tomorrow morning for Morning Tide. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off.